Yo, what's going on, fam? It's your boy Tahir Johnson, and we're back with another week of the Cannabis Diversity Report. This week, I got my brothers, Kevin and Tyrone, from Cleveland School of Cannabis in the building. What's up, y'all? Oh, man. What's good, Tahir? How you doing, man? What's going, what's going on? Yo, definitely appreciate y'all coming through, man. Um, y'all are doing some great work out here, and I definitely see education as, you know, one of the real keys is something that's missing to be able to help more of our folks get in the industry. And y'all have really been tackling that for the past couple of years. So, um, you know, tell folks a little bit about, you know, your business. What do, what do you all do and how'd you get started? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, as you said, education, you know, so the Cleveland School of Cannabis um, is a workforce development education company for the cannabis industry. Um, our goal when we started this thing was to really be able to provide individuals comprehensive education that would really put them in a position to be successful in the industry. You know, uh, majority of the individuals that have, uh, you know, uh, grew the industry over the last, you know, decade you know, was consolidated on the West Coast because, you know, that's where the culture was accepting and allowing it to bud and cultivate, you know, let's say. Um, but the East Coast, the Midwest, the South wasn't having it, right? Uh, so we knew that, you know, things were going national. They were coming this way. Uh, so, in, you know, 2016, uh, when this entire thing started, was like, how do we take a person uh, that knows nothing about cannabis but wants to take advantage of the uh, economic situation, the, the career, people, somebody that knows a lot about cannabis uh, but that hasn't been able to validate their education or get the connections. Um, and that's really what birthed the Cleveland School of Cannabis was say, we're going to provide people uh, the best quality education that we can. We're going to make sure that it's robust. We're going to hold high standards in the sense of how we deliver the education, how we set up the entire systems and the experience for the students. And then we're going to actually work with them and assist them in job placement. Uh, so, you know, we're not just going out and say, come and enroll, you know, into our program and, you know, take these, you know, take this weekend course. We're like, no, you're going to come and enroll. There's a 150 hour uh, education track program there's a 300 educa uh, 300 uh, clock hour education track program and then through this entire process you're going to have now a career services department that's going to work with you and work with licensees to help you get where you want to be um we we're all about the success of our alumni uh so we made sure that we set up our school that way yep and so how, how did y'all identify um you know like i said it's definitely something important and and something you touched on is that a lot of people have the, these skills and they've been in cannabis for a while. They don't have that actual um, like certificate or something to validate them. What was it that, you know, with you taking, step, taking a step back and looking at the industry before that made you identify that this was a problem and something that people needed? Yeah, man, it was the the founder, man. He he was uh he was involved in the industry in California. Um, and I'll be brief because I'm I'm dealing with public Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, and it, uh, he said, hey, I've been working in the industry and I've been struggling to find good workers, and this is something that I know we need. And then Kevin, I uh, um, my background was something that that added to that. So he had the idea, and we had this skill to put it together. So it, it came from somebody inside of the industry saying, I'm struggling finding good employees, and there's something that we can do to kind of change that narrative in the work that, that's getting put out there. Right. And, and so how did you all end up? Um, how did you all end up choosing um, Cleveland? What was specific about that area that made you want to base mm -hmm. the school um, base the school there? Yeah. So for our, our business partner, um, Austin and founder, who. You know, who created, created started, you know, joined him on the journey. Um, it was one thing to get himself back home. 
um, being from Cleveland. Uh, but truthfully, was you know when we think about what the Midwest is, right? The Midwest has been the logistical capital of America for a while, right? There's a reason why they build all the cars. There's a reason why they did that, um, and it really put us, you know, uh, right in the middle of the expansion that happened in the last five years you know so if you think about us being in cleveland everybody at first like why cleveland but then you know chicago goes michigan goes pennsylvania goes new york goes missouri goes you know what i mean so if you think about that right everything around us exactly right in the center of it everything just went you know so you're what you know seven hours from new york you know in that, in that situation um you know when you really think about that you know we're at the gateway to the south you know, as the South continues to go. So, you know, logistically, this has been set up for the last hundred years. And that was a big part of our economic boom in the early 1900s. Um, and the Midwest was a big, crucial part of that. Um, and we knew what was going to happen. Also, the culture wasn't there yet. Right. Uh, so we wanted to be the stakeholders of help creating and facilitating a culture where cannabis would be not accepted, but truthfully championed. Um, and that's why we took the route of education, not only the market need, but we knew we wanted to raise standards in the sense of how people looked at cannabis. And the only way they can do that is to learn the facts. And that's what we have to deal with every single day is debunking the propaganda and uh, the misinformation that's been out there about cannabis. And and what's that certification and um, an accreditation process been like? Is it is it difficult? And is the fact that you're doing education on cannabis, did that make it more difficult to go through? Oh uh, man, it's it's been extremely difficult. Um, the the certification process. So we don't we don't like to say certification because we we as an industry we haven't yet come together as a collective to start putting out certifications, right? To say this this certifies you officially to enter into the cannabis space. So we we make sure we we decipher that so people understand that the cannabis industry hasn't grabbed hold of the industry in a way that says you know, you're a master grower because you know these things and everyone who knows those things are considered a master grower. So that's actually what we're trying to create is this this understanding that there needs to be some baseline education that everyone has. So someone isn't just going to a three hour institute and claiming they have the same skill as someone who went to went to school for 150 hours and who was working, you know, holding the plant um, and, and really getting to, to understand the industry that way. The accreditation process is a monster. <laughs> um, and it has been difficult because it's cannabis and not just because it's cannabis, but because education is so old and traditional that an industry like the cannabis industry that's coming out and, it, and is and is advancing so quickly, education struggles to keep up. There's the, there are these old rules, these, these old ways of doing work that you have to follow in order to 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 you know be be legitimate in the education space, but it's old and outdated. However, the accreditation process is tremendous because it makes sure that you're doing all of the right things as an educational institution. So it's saying, are you doing what you say you're going to do for the people that you say you're going to do it for? Or are you just coming up with stuff and saying, we're going to do this, but there's no connection for what someone's learning and what they're going to be doing in the field. So accreditation is holding our feet to the fire to say, make sure your school is legit. Make sure people are getting jobs. Make sure folks have all the resources they need while they're there to be successful. So we've been at it for about 18 months. So far, we have another eight, eight to 12 months to go before we're officially accredited. So we're keeping our fingers crossed and keeping our team, you know, uh, striving to be the best school in the, in the nation. So it, it's extremely difficult, but it's worth it because, you know, you have people paying attention to the educational aspect of the, of the organization. Right. And like you said, education is like an old system and, and really like over months over the past, really, like you said, 18 months. I could imagine as you've been going through this process, the way that people deliver um, and receive education has really changed a lot. What was mm -hmm. it like navigating, um, you know, the pandemic, you know, as you guys were really ramping this up? And do yeah. you think that, um, you know, that it actually helped, you know, to spur the business because people are doing some more stuff online or, you know, how mm -hmm. did it impact you guys overall? 
Yeah. You know, I think 100 percent, you know, when we think about what happened um, in the pandemic, you know, and I, um, you know, I, I nod kudos, you know, to our team and, our, and, and what we have. And as Ty said, you know, kind of preface earlier is the fact that uh, him and I had skill set. continue to move and um you know we were sitting down saying how do we go ahead and make uh cannabis education in 2019 more engaging right because traditional online school was all pre-recorded but what we knew at the same time people wanted to connect with people people yearn for this you've been sitting in your house hiding right well, that's how cannabis starts used for most people okay. hiding away from people being shameful right uh being the cousin that leaves right before the dinner is coming everybody's looking <laughs> at him when he comes back in so we said we want to facilitate and the point of why we went brick and mortar first was because we wanted to facilitate to get from going to school but that's also very important in business and and, and your career is being able to build relationships with people um you know so you know nods to tyrone um you know he started to take a look at these platforms and say well how do we do this live um and we went out sought out he took a look at all the different platforms available pick zoom and and i always say this in 2019 end of 2019 we were already pushing the barrier of what online learning was going to look like. Um, and, you know, uh, he had arguments back and forth with our creditors and things of that sort saying, nah, you can't do it. It's not. Then everybody switches to that. So for us, we were able to switch our entire organization to online learning and not lose personal connection in three weeks. We were able wow. to get everything back up and running and to get our students moving forward. So we were prepared for what was going to happen because we were always thinking about, you know, moving forward. And I said, always give the nod to Ty, you know, for the time that he spent really going ahead and saying, you know, how do we make this work um, and how do we keep that engagement? And then having that battle uh, with the traditional norms um, and we push norms. And now this is the norm in the way, in the sense of how we conduct business and how we. School of Cannabis, the Harrington Institute, Cannabis Hub is always going to be about how do we push norms, but also continue to set new standards in this industry. Right. And, you know, as you look at the industry, I know you guys probably get a front row seat to a lot of the people that are hopeful that really want to come and get into the industry. What do you see or um, like what are some of the careers that people coming in that are looking in or are most interested in right now? What are you guys seeing the most? I think if we if we look at our graduates, um, that probably the highest program outside of our executive program, which is pretty much you get 15 of our 16 class, 12 of our 16 class. I'm sorry. Uh, but the biggest so far has been our horticulture spot. Um, everyone wants to know how to grow. Right. Everyone wants to be involved in that aspect of it. Um, so we're seeing people leave and actually get into facilities uh, and start to start to grow the plant. Uh, in one way or another, at least work in cultivation sites. Um, but that's where a lot of the energy is. A lot of people come to us asking, how do we start a business in the cannabis industry? And that's always a difficult question because as Kevin and I were having a conversation yesterday, you know, my aunt who comes in the game and says, I have $40,000 and I want to start a business in the cannabis industry. It's like, it's a hard pill to swallow when we tell her, Ma, that might work if you open it up a restaurant, but in the cannabis industry, you're going to need a little bit more money and you're probably going to need some history uh, of money in order to get in this industry. So it's really helping the, helping those folks navigate the realities of the industry, but keeping their energy and hope alive to where they know that I have a way in the industry. I just may not be able to, to open up a, a bed and breakfast with 50 rooms the way I thought because I had $75,000 and someone who was going to invest, you know, and I was going to open up this cannabis thing. It's like, it's a, it's a little different. So helping people navigate those water, but still, you know, those waters, but still stay engaged enough to say, hey, 
you know, I may not be able to do this, but there is an end for me with the skills and the, and the history that I have. It just may not be the ownership piece right away. Uh, but horticulture, and then you have folks who are who are trying to figure out ways to to own uh, aspects of the industry. But to Kev's point, and what Kev has been doing is saying, hey, let's go hemp, right? So if you had this idea of getting into to the THC side, um, let's go where there the, the barriers are a little lower, and let let's start there. If you're really could committed to to starting a business in this industry, and you don't have the you know the income to do it on the THC side, let's look at some other options for you. Right. And and so what are some of the what are some of the scales and different things that people like learn when they go through like through the executive mm-hmm. training program? Yeah, great question, man. So what we did was we set up um, educational tracks. So we have our horticulture educational track, and these are all 150 clock hours um, uh, uh, within them um, with uh, six classes uh, per each track. Right. So we have our horticulture track. We have our extractions track. Uh, we have our CBD and hemp track. Uh, we have our cannab- uh, uh, cannabis research uh, track, um, and then we have our dispensary operations track. So those are the five specific tracks. What we did was we said, well, there's some individuals that want to be able to go ahead and take advantage of all areas of the industry. But also we know that cannabis is going corporate, it's going fast, right? Um, and a lot of people, are, you know, a lot of multi-state operators, right? They have multiple holdings in all layers of the industry. So our executive track combines the core classes of all of those tracks to give you a full comprehensive approach to the industry in itself. So you're going to learn about all of those five tracks that I talked about in the executive track. And then that culminates to be uh, accumulates to be um, uh, 300 clock hours. Um, so that's what we call our executive program um, and that we're moving forward, which is, you know, spending, you know, uh, uh, studying. So, and what we were looking at, you know, with the educational tracks, chance, uh, you know, horticulture is huge now because that's where individuals getting a chance to touch the plant. Um, and that's where everybody wanted to do. But we're knowing that the extraction world is what the future is, right? Um, you know, just 10 years ago, people weren't talking about dabs like this, you know, they weren't talking about even vapes like this, you know, edibles like this, the whole world has changed, you know, you know, my mom is not going to go ahead and combust cannabis, but my mom will sure go ahead and eat that cookie. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, right. Um, that's just what it is. She don't even feel like she's taking cannabis, right. It, mm-hmm. It's opened up so many more people. So I believe it's the future. Now, talk about entrepreneurship, you know, as our laws continue to uh, to normalize, um, you know, I think extraction cooking with cannabis can be a great opportunity for people to start their own business um, with lower barriers to entry. But I really also think it's a great place for black and brown people to say, well, the industry that we do very well right now, we've been a lot, the restaurant game, right? And food game. We go ahead and call that moving and provide multiple app options. So if you're already doing your thing, if you're able to go ahead and put cannabis in your wheel, well, infuse make products you not only can help patients but you can go ahead and start doing private dinners you know in cali man that's that's what's that's what's constantly happening man the private dinner scene the private chef scene is is blowing up uh so as we continue to normalize i think there's going to be a lot more opportunities for people um and as tyrone you know always says you know um and it's our tagline you know education builds nations so you got to start preparing yourself now for those opportunities don't wait till the law changes right you want to be at the front door when the law ends up and says, hey, now it's we're fully normalizing and stuff. Things are really still tight right now, but you don't want to be at the back of the line when that door opens. You want to be a leader at the front. So we, we really urge everybody to start positioning yourself now, because if you just look at the last five years, 
it's happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, the, 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 the bet is here. It's happening. So see, look how fast we moved in the last two years, how many states transition, you know, what the next five to 10 years looks like is, you know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a very whole new world for, for us all. Yeah. Sure, man. Yeah. And I know a lot of your mission is about um, empowering African-American entrepreneurs. And like you said, this is, this is one of the job skills of the future, right? And, and that, that partnership, man, y'all just did with Al Harrington. That's, a, that's huge. I know that he has, that y'all share that similar goal um, in trying to empower Black folks to, you know, sharing the wealth of the industry. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that partnership, how they come about and what are y'all working on? Man, this is exciting. We should both talk, talk about this. Um... But man, it, it started two two years ago, man, and and that's part of you know keeping your, your ear to the street and your feet, you know, to the pavement, saying let's let's move. It started two years ago, you know. Kevin and I flew out to L.A. and met with Al just to pitch the idea, and he and he said, yeah, this is this is pretty dope. But then the world got to moving, <laughs> right? Um, last year we circled back and we said it's time to put this together. But the big thing about it was we want to show a connection amongst people of color on a large scale in the industry, right? Uh, we wanted to talk about what we were creating. We wanted to show folks that you can do this and you don't have to do it alone and you don't have to operate in silos. So while we may be talking education and hours more so on the, on the growing and the dispensing side of the cannabis industry, we wanted to show folks that we don't have to compete. If we start to come together, kind of like Voltron, if you're an 80s baby, um, Power Rangers, if you're a 90s baby, same difference. But you wanted to show folks that you can come together and create something massive in order to push this idea forward. So we're trying to create this ecosystem of work, man. And, and we know we can do it by having someone who's in the industry deep and then someone who's helping to prepare people like us for the industry to ultimately work for people like Al in the industry. So the partnership came because we had this this synergy, right? This communication and conversation where we said, look, we don't got to be competition. You don't got to do something that that you haven't done before. You got us to do that. And then we don't have to go out to try to find licenses and create it because you got that. So how do we feed one another and help develop this entire this entire ecosystem where we're working together and we're delivering our people through it? Mm-hmm. You're on mute, Kev. Yeah, it's about, you know, it's all about synergies and uh, collective impact, you know, um, and that and that's what we notice in the sense of his statements and how he's been moving in the industry, how we've been moving in the industry. Um, and the ability that it gives us now with the Harrington Institute is to have a full fledged focus on equity. Um, and we're not just talking about the buzzword of equity. When you think about equity, you have to think about all of the things that affect the individual to be able to move forward and the history of why they are where they are, right? Um, so it's not just about the education, right? It's about the financial services and the supports, about the sponsorships that we're providing. It's about providing a la carte classes so people could take a class, um, you know, uh, this six week and then they could take a break and they could take another class so we can uh, they can balance within their work-life balance, right? And the structure of being an adult and all those types of things uh, that are going on, right? It's making sure that, you know, we're putting people in leadership that look like individuals so they understand the lived experiences right it's about doing it on every single level um and and that's what you know tyrone and ourselves have always based ourselves on is integrity you know we don't just talk about this space and the work that tyrone and i do on in the nation we work 
with corporations um, in diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, we work with municipalities, we work with large nonprofits in this space for the last 10 years. So we're not coming into the cannabis industry saying, hey, we should be doing this. We're like, no, we've been fighting this and developing plans, systems, and been changing culture for 10 years around this work. So right. we're just taking right. our work now and say now that we have a system that we're able to go ahead and create. Now let's go ahead and put all those 10 years, 10 plus years of work into some that we can go ahead and facilitate and in the sense of that collective partnership is how we will truthfully get to an equitable place. We're not going to be able to do it alone. You're not going to be able to do it by yourself, man. We're not going to do it yourself, Al, and many others that are in the fight. It's going to be how do we find ways to come together, find partnerships. And even if we can't work directly together, how do we support each other in this process? You know, that's going to be big because so, sometimes, man, you could do it. You could support everything from a like on social media physically spending your money uh, to basically connecting somebody to other things. And how do we find support? That we do this as a collective because this pie has not been baked yet. We not mm -hmm. the market cap of cannabis. So why would we compete mm -hmm. when there's no market cap yet? It makes no oh, business yeah. sense. And it def definitely doesn't make sense if we're talking about equity. There's no time to mm -hmm. compete right now. It's all about synergy and coming together and keep growing this thing until we figure out what the market cap is. Exactly. Yeah, and, I, and I, I, I would just add just quickly, that that it's 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 we're not here for the fad of diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and black excellence, right? It's a fad right now that a lot a stage of coolness that a lot of people are wearing as a badge that look at me. But then when that fad starts to fade, we're gonna see who's serious about really doing this work versus who is just doing it because it may have gotten them a new contract, it may have gotten mm -hmm. them a new look, it may have gotten them a few likes. That's something that we we don't stand for, and that's not what we're here for in the way that some folks may be. The other thing is transparency in what we do. So when when folks are coming to us, they're, they're used to not being in the space where people are transparent. So when they're asking us about the price of school, faculty are asking about how much they get paid. We're open. We're like, let's have this conversation. We'll tell you all. There's no need for us to hide that because transparency is something that we as, as black folks in particular are so used to not having. We're used to people showing us the slide of hand, hustling us. Right. And I'm not talking about people that look like us hustling us. Right. I'm talking about other folks hustling us, moving us out of the way, telling us one thing and doing something else. And then finally. We want to show, as Kev alluded, expertise that looks like folks, because in all of these industries, the experts always look, always are wrapped in white skin. Rarely are they folks that look like us. So when we step in front of people as experts, they look at us with a side eye. So we want to put faculty in front of people that look like them. So they say, you know what? Our folks know what they're talking about. And I love learning from them because one, it empowers me to be better in the classroom. Right. Because I can connect with you and I can talk with you. But for two, it tells me that I can be an expert, too, and I should have confidence in myself and I'm not an imposter to the industry. So those things are critical to how we're moving right now. Yo, man, that was that's such a good point. And, you know, people being able to see themselves like in success and that excellence, man, makes all the difference in the world. And that's been like one of the major like one of the major things that I've tried to move with since I've been in the industry, too. And like you said, that point in. Like we have to, we have to take it on ourselves to be able to educate. We have to take it on ourselves to be able to share. So, you know, it's, it's definitely dope to, again, to see y'all that, you know, y'all actually embodying, um, you know, all those things and it being quarter of the mission of the school and everything. That's why I appreciate you, man. We appreciate you, know, man. We appreciate the work you're doing in the industry as well, man. I remember, you know, first telling Ty about you, I was like, man, I've been watching this dude for a while. Um, yeah. You know, and just again, how you move with integrity, no matter what, you know, organization that you might be represented at that point, you know, I mean, you, you've never swayed, you know what I mean? And and that's what we see too many times when uh, the fad of caring about black and brown lives is in the mainstream 
you know. Oh yeah, um, nah, this right is in now. our mix, right? We we've yeah. got to live and breathe this, man. You can't not exactly. something you can turn on and off, man. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, one thing I would be interested to hear because I'm like I said again, I'm always preaching the same in that um, you know, people need to take the job skills that they have and that that, that can be a great avenue to transition into cannabis. Um, and so y'all, you know, I'd love to hear the story about your entrepreneurial journey, getting to where y'all are doing the business. What type of industries were you all, you know, in before, before this? Ah, definitely, man. So myself, um, was always kind of in the marketing realm, um, in business realm. And then, um, and I'll let Tyrone speak. Ty came from education, uh, but we started a firm called Face International Marketing Advertising Development, um, 11 years ago. Uh, where we decided to couple together uh, skill sets. So it was a couple of us and our boys, and we said, okay, well, we have you know marketing skill set, we have diversity and training skill set, and and then we knew that the world was changing in sense of the digital age, right? So we brought that all together, right? Uh, we always say that it's uh it's kind of the uh, the real life boomerang, you know, an all black firm, you know what I mean, and things of that sort. Um, and the funny thing, uh, uh, Ty always brings up the uh, some of the reviews from that movie was that this is unrealistic to have an all black firm, right? <laughs> level and we say every day to that uh to that to that critic right is that it's a reality um in the sense of that right uh so when we started that and, and our competitive advantage was that diversity piece right there wasn't marketing firms i, I still don't know anyone a marketing firm that's going to come in to do, do strategies for you and be able to create all the content implement the strategies right and then also be able to develop your staff interpersonally so we can work with your staff on team development diversity work leadership development all this type of cultural stuff right um Us to work with, again, government agencies, uh, nonprofits, big business, small business, you know, I mean, all these different things, you know, I mean, I mean, we always laugh about an event that we were promoting, you know, and then they had a camel there and the camel's milk was a big thing. Like, so we've done everything from camel's milk to, you know, ingrain ourselves in the community where we as a marketing firm profit uh, company was doing, you know, backpack giveaways, you know, food giveaways, Mother's Day cookout, Father's Day cookout, being green in our community because we were authentic, you know what I mean? And we wanted to make sure in a sense as we were that our community never felt that we were disconnected from them. You know, we were always going to be willing to go ahead and and walk with our community at the end of the day. And what it keeps us really solid because you understand that individuals that are, are that are closest, you know, to the pain and what we're trying to do and our overall goals. You know, if we get too disconnected, we're unable to see clearly. So, you know, when the education side came on, obviously, you know, for me, the marketing stuff kinks in. But that's really for Ty, where he was really able yeah. to kick in his years of working in higher education, his degree and understanding how to uh, run those systems, uh, we were able to basically just do what we've always done for the last 11 years, kind of look at it, divide that thing up and say, hey, you get this, I get that, I'll meet you in the middle, you know, when we get this thing going. So we, you know, uh, it's funny people, you know, a lot of times we won't see each other uh, and people think, oh, we're not, you know, maybe not fully communicating. I'm like, nah, man, we're always in the same path because we know our goal and we've mm -hmm. just been able to fall into our skill set, man. So to, to watch, you know, what Tyrone has done and, you know, actualize what it looks like to create a higher institution and then for myself to be able to go ahead and take all the skill sets of how to navigate politicians big business mm -hmm. the community marketing and then for us to merge that together in one single entity again like we did um in, and uh, we continue to do in faces international our marketing firm um it's just a beautiful thing um yeah. and truthfully it's a blessing um and we don't take that lightly and that's why we push ourselves to continue to work hard um and put 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 our feet on the ground and as right now we're running around you know making 
making these moves because, you know, we're never going to uh, allow this uh, to never come from an authentic place. And we're going to make sure that no matter who's in our organization is going to put the work in uh, because we want to earn this opportunity uh, and the blessings that have been put apart. So it's been it's been a real cool journey to see all this stuff happen um, and be a part of an industry that, man, I, sitting on the East Coast, just looking at man, that's a West Coast thing and I ain't moving out there, uh, <laughs> you know, to be like, yo, I'm going to be on the next plane out to L.A. because we have this stuff going. It's a it, it, it's a blessing. And I'm just appreciative to be able to not only do it, but truthfully be able to do it with, you know, uh, an individual that, you know, took took a chance on ourselves 11 yeah. years ago. Um, so yeah. there's nothing better than that. Yeah, man, it's funny. Um, we both had two different businesses. We, I don't even know if we can call them business. We had two <laughs> hobbies that we were trying to turn into businesses. And we, we randomly bought a house from across the street from each other and then met in a cul-de-sac one day and just was having a conversation. Um, but I remember having a conversation with Kev and I didn't know our businesses. One day we would come together and I just told him, man, I'll meet you at the top because I can already see what you're doing. I can see your grind. I hear your passion. I'll meet you at the top because I knew what I was going to do and I knew what he was going to do. Years later, we came together and now we're moving uh, to, to that top together. But the the, yep. the the dope thing about it is looking at the cannabis industry, like Kev said, I came from education. So I was in higher ed for 15 years um, and I went to college to, to be a counselor. And my college program was actually college student personnel, which taught you a lot about the inner workings of a college. So when the cannabis industry came, right, Kev knew marketing and we got called to, to, to do the marketing for the Cleveland Cannabis College at the time. We met a dude on the plane. He said, I need some help marketing this idea. I'm like, that's going to be Kev's thing. We get to the spot in Cleveland and we look at it. And then my, my school side kicked in and I said, this is not a school. And Kev was like, I don't know how I'm going to market this. Right. This 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 going to get laughed off the block. So right there, we had to figure out the skills that we had in other industries and how to apply to this in order in order to make it work. So we always talk about how people get, can just overlay cannabis over what they do and can come with something magical, right? They already have the skills. They just may not have the cannabis knowledge. So when we put that together with the Cleveland School of Cannabis, you know, you, you, you get what you got now. The one thing that I can say is watching Kev navigate marketing as an African-American male in, in the Lehigh Valley where we live, it's, it's, it's extremely, extremely artful. So if he can navigate that space to come over to cannabis and figure it out, right, an industry that doesn't allow you to market as aggressively as as the tobacco industry or the alcohol industry for several reasons to kind of figure that out. You see how he just overlaid, you know, cannabis over this navigation of a system that doesn't let black men move the way they really would like to move. And he just applied that to the cannabis industry. And, it, and, it, and it's flawless. Right. You get kicked off of Facebook. You might get kicked off the Instagram, but he's right back at it trying to figure out, OK, how do I go back to the time where I got kicked out of an office or nobody listened to my marketing idea back in the Valley. How am I going to apply that to this ne next marketing idea for Cleveland School of Cannabis when Facebook is trying to kick us out from marketing, right? So you you find those those ways, man, those, those skills that you have that you never knew could work in the cannabis industry if you keep your head up and say, ah, this is actually a skill that not everyone can do. Because one thing I say this, one thing that we do as Black folks is we think everybody can do what we do. <laughs> no matter how long we've been doing it, for some reason, we don't ever feel like we're truly an expert. We think the next person can be just as great as us because we don't value what we have and what we do um, the way we value what other people can do. So when we start to see ourselves as those brilliant people, it's unstoppable. And it takes sometimes somebody else to say, bro, I see what you did. Everybody can't do that. Right. But you need people mm -hmm. that can that can that can spit that in your ear every now and then. For sure, man. Well, not like I said, to that point, I definitely see what y'all are doing, man. I love the way, like I said, the way that y'all are moving and really educating and making a difference. And y'all made such a good point that even in ancillary businesses and cannabis, having a team and people that can complement you is so important. 
Um, so, you know, like I said, I think y'all coming to having that dynamic together definitely helps lead to success. Before I let y'all go out of here, you know, what, what type of advice would y'all have for, um, what type of advice do y'all have for brothers and sisters that are out there, um, you know, saying that they want to get in the cannabis industry? You know, what do you, what do you have to say for uh, people like that, whether it's plant touching, ancillary or anything? Yeah, man, I, I think for me, um, and I'll, I'll make sure Todd, Todd can end off with this. Um, you've got to be willing to learn something new. You've got to be willing to uh, traditional norms uh, back. Um, you got to not allow trauma. You got to not allow your frustration uh, to make you give up and say, you know what, they're just not going to let me in. I'm done. Um, if you truthfully want to create something fruitful for yourself for your family and, and change your change your family generationally there's some sacrifice that has to be made um and make sure that you are prepared for your opportunities take the time to not only heal internally you know i mean deal with those traumas right find people that are like-minded uh that you can, you can have good fruitful conversations with you know find a mentor you know individuals that you can look up to that can help guide you through your development process as not only a human being um and a, a person of color on this planet uh, but then truthfully, a person that wants to attain something more than they have right now and be willing to go ahead and put the work in, you know, um, you're going to start in a position and you're not going to know a lot of things, but that's OK. You know, be willing to be a lifelong learner in this process. Right. Uh, especially in this industry, what we thought the industry was and what it was is 20 years ago has changed so much. Right. There's so much technology. There's so much enhancement in this process. This is, it's just a different thing. It's a different expectation, even from the consumer side. Right. Um, in a sense of how they interact with their cannabis. You know, so I really just urge everybody, you know, be willing to be a lifelong learner. Do not allow your traumas and things that you've been through to hold you back. Even those older people in your family, right? They, you know what I mean? And when we look at our elders in our family, you know, they were adults when the war on drugs was hitting. They were adults, so they felt it harder than we can ever know, right? A lot of us have seen it, touched it a little bit, but they weren't, you know, they were in it. Um, and we have to be willing to have those conversations with them as well uh, so we can try, start to get that support within our families and educate them. And that's why education is so important. That's why I love the side that we're on, because education is really going to allow people uh, to overcome some of the roadblocks uh, that are currently in their life because they'll actually know the facts and then be able to implement those in the future. So just stay aggressive, stay focused, you know, I mean, be willing to go ahead and put in the work in um, and, and just understand that there's no timeline on this thing. Right. You just don't know when it's going to happen. Time our 11 years into this thing um and where we've been going and we've been consistent about it and that's why we are in the position that we are right now we all trust me we all hope that it happened in the year two and we all mapped it out and put it on the paper but that's just that's just not how it works out <laughs> you heard up word up I, you hit it on the head man with the education um you know educate yourself and and and, and keep the grind for it i'll just add man get a team don't be afraid to have a team, but a team, when, when you start looking for a team and people that can help you move forward, you gotta, you gotta be able to humble yourself and all that stuff you thought you knew, you may not really know. Um, but when you get a good team around you, it's okay because your team is going to, going to complement your weaknesses to make sure they, they hold you down where, where, you know, you may be slipping, but we gotta be better at getting a team and stopping the competition amongst, amongst ourselves. So if I'm giving advice to people entering, entering to the industry, I'm telling you, you know, to here doesn't have to be your 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 enemy. That can be a partner. Figure out how you can make that work. That can be a part of your team. That can be an asset. In fact, you can be an asset for him as well, right? The other thing is invest in yourself. Invest in yourself, whether it's time, whether it's a little bit of money. You know what I mean? That money that you were going to spend on on a vacation, use a little bit of that to learn a little bit, right? 
take a, a, a five hundred dollar course versus spending five hundred on something random, but invest in yourself and, and, and watch the fruits, you know, benefit you on the other end. I don't think we do that enough in terms of just saying, yo, I'm going to actually put this put this to something that's going to add add to my life, you know, in the future, because an investment means there's a little loss right now with the hope that something better is going to come later. And I don't think we do that enough because we we we, we want the guarantee. Right. Which is usually immediate. I see my transaction. I do it. I get this. But when you're investing, it may not happen right away. And I think we need to do a better job at at investing in ourselves. So anybody getting in the industry, do not be afraid to to invest, whether it be money, whether it be sitting, you know, sitting in a room and just sitting in some silence and thinking whether it just be writing down your goals. Take some time for you and invest in yourself and, and watch what happens on the other end. Man, that is that's great advice. That is incredible advice. Like you said, it's not instant gratification. It takes a lot of work to get mm -hmm. to where where you are, man. And I appreciate y'all brothers for, you know, coming through, dropping those gems on folks listening. I think people are really going to get a lot out of this. And folks, man, if you're out there listening, man, make sure y'all hit up csceducation.com and harringtoninstitute.com so that y'all can, man, you need the education. You got to get in the game. You got to know what you're doing. You got to have the basic tools to get started. And I can say that from experience, because for me, like getting in and going, taking all these different cannabis education courses was probably um, one of the key pieces I was able to get to where I am today. So, again, brothers, appreciate y'all the all the work you're doing, and I'll I'll see y'all in Vegas, man, next for week. For sure, let's do it. Let's get up, man. Let's have you know have a little good time together and connect, man. You already know, y'all brothers be easy, and I'll talk yeah, I'll talk too. to y'all soon. All right, boss, appreciate it, man. Be safe out there. Yep, peace. All right now.